Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Blue Jays trailing Miami 5 nothing in the top of the seventh. The Edmonton Riverhawks of the West Coast League rained out yesterday. They uh, played Nanaimo Friday and Saturday. They had an 8-1 win on Friday, but then lost to Nanaimo 12-1 on Saturday. Riverhawks are 4-10 on the season. They visit the Victoria Harbor Cats tomorrow. The Edmonton Stingers on Saturday beat Montreal 92-68 at the Expo Centre. Stingers now 4-3 on the season. They got a road trip coming up at Scarborough on Thursday, at Brampton on Friday, at Montreal. Montreal on Sunday. Okay. Edmonton Oaks, 0-2. And uh, not doing very much offensively. Yeah, again, those uh, some of the numbers here from Saturday. 10 first downs, 54 rush yards, 91 pass yards. Factor in a six-yard loss that they had. Net offense, 139 yards. They were 4 for 15 on second downs in that game. So just not good. So Chris Jones sticking with Cornelius. Uh, signed him to the contract extension last September, two years. So this year and next. Um, so it, it, like I was saying earlier, it's easy to want. It's easy to want the backup quarterback. Though in this situation, I would. I mean, this isn't Mike Riley had a bad couple games or or Ricky Ray. This is someone who has been okay, you, you know, through other parts of his his uh, his CFL career. Um, so, I guess the thing is, and maybe the concerning thing is, Loxley actually better, because because if he isn't, then you're going to have a really struggling quarterback in there. Um, how concerned are you about Cornelius's cough? I mean, if you. I, the, the one thing I will say, as much as I'm ready for a quarterback change, if you take Cornelius out, it's it's hard to go back to him if you need him later in the season because then you're pretty much telling the whole team, like, hey, man, like, we don't trust this guy. Um, so it, it, is a, it is a dicey situation. Uh, it's got to be frustrating for the defense, who, who, again, I think is playing quite well. I, I know they wound up giving up about 400 yards in the game, but almost half of that was late in the third quarter and into the fourth. Um, and and you just got the team making stops. And, and, I mean, BC must have been very comfortable that entire game. They must have been very comfortable that entire game. Because you, you kind of just got the sense the Elks weren't going to do much. So even if BC wasn't scoring or wasn't getting touchdowns, the Lions are going back out there. Well, okay, we'll just go deeper into our playbook. Eventually, something's going to work, and that's uh, and that's kind of what happened. Uh, just just some things here because I, I hear a lot about let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. Unfortunately, not all of them are realistic. Change the quarterback. Right now, it appears that there's a low probability of that happening. And I, and I know that's going to be frustration point number one for a lot of you. At least that's my impression. But it, it appears there's a very low probability of the quarterback being changed, at least for this week. I, I would think beyond this week or even in, in the game if something, if Cornelius isn't playing well, you know, I, I would think we're closer to that than we were after the week one loss. Uh, trade for a quarterback, again, I think the probability is low. 
Somebody's told me get Dane Evans out of BC. Well, why is another team, especially in the West, going to help the Elks? They're going to I mean, other teams might be saying, huh, if the Elks had a quarterback, they might be pretty decent. We're not going to give them that quarterback. And then the other one, fire the offensive coordinator. As you know, the offensive coordinator is Stephen McAdoo. He's one of the guys that goes everywhere with Chris Jones. I think there is a very, very low probability of this happening to the point of it being impossible. This is a Chris Jones guy. He calls the games the way he calls the games. And he did, and one of the, the gentlemen I spoke to today said, you got to remember, Stephen McAdoo has won a great cup with Mike Riley as his quarterback on that very good 2015 team. So those are three things I hear that many of you want. Unfortunately, I don't think any of them are overly likely at this point. Probably changing the quarterbacks the most likely eventually, even though I know a lot of people would have already done it. All right, 780-496-0063. Kellen, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll start with Richard, who is the first one to text in tonight. and uh, He says, I haven't ever found Taylor Cornelius to be impressive. I don't understand why Chris Jones is being so stubborn. That is from Richard. Probably not the only person we have using the word stubborn with Chris Jones. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got an unknown text in that says, absolutely, the leader of the team does not show confidence in the players. Therefore, the players lose confidence in the leader. A question to ask, is Jones considering himself to be God in our small little football world maybe our players don't want to play for him oh wow well i don't (laughs) i don't i don't know how serious that person was being uh and if you were being totally serious i apologize i don't think chris jones thinks he's god i think chris jones is a very confident coach that knows what he wants out of the team i i do not think that the players are losing confidence in jones by uh, by any means Mm-hmm. Uh, frustrated fan text in. Oh, says, nice to hear from frustrated fan. Yeah, it's been okay, a while. It's been a while. <laughs> uh, I think uh, maybe what last uh, January or December during the Oilers was the last time we heard from him. So, uh, but anyway, this is the McAdoo offense. This is why I didn't think they were going to win a couple years ago. I was able to have a power nap during this game, and that's from frustrated fan. Uh, frustrated fan, I always give a hard time to who was so frustrated after the Elks lost on Labor Day in 2015 that he wrote in and said they will not win another game this season. Instead, Mike Riley came back and they did not lose another game that season. Um, but yes, the, the McAdoo offense is confounding at times. Now, I, I, now, what somebody told me today, and again, when something like this happens and we got a team in crisis mode, not only do I take my own observations, I like to talk to people who, who I think know more about the game than I do or who have played the game. And, and I did speak to a former player today uh, who said, you know, you can, you can hate on McAdoo, but most teams are running the same system, the, the same scheme the same style of offense. And, and, you know, fair enough. Um, I mean, if the Elks had Zach Kalaros with the exact same play calling, they'd have a better record. They probably would have won a game. Maybe they would have won both. So maybe maybe just because... I mean, I remember uh, talking to uh, an offensive lineman who played, who blocked for Ricky Ray. And this now retired lineman told me at the time, he said... I don't have to be a great lineman with Ricky. I just got to get in the way. I just got to get in the way long enough because he'll deliver the ball. Now, and, p- and part of the problem with Cornelius is that he's holding on to the ball. Plays are supposed to be executed with a certain timing. And Cornelius, 
is, is holding the ball too long, and then plus he's not scrambling, which he started to incorporate into his game last year. And I will say, maybe this offensive line isn't great, and, and I've heard that from a couple people as well. Um, but if you don't have a great O-line, you got to get the ball out. And, and the interception that he threw on the sideline last week in the first game of the season to Saskatchewan was a perfect example. That out pattern was there, and he threw it too late, and the Riders' cornerback stepped in front. So for for some reason, he's hanging onto the ball, and then he's not finding lanes to scramble. And that's leading to this, some of these sacks and, and plays that don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samson texts in tonight and says, change to quarterback with the exclamation mark at the end of the, uh, the statement there. Let's not overlook that Cornelius completed over half his passes on Saturday, yet was still below 100 yards. He averaged only seven yards per completion. Zach Kalaros was at 12.5 against Saskatchewan. We need to push the ball down the field. That's from Samson. Well, and again, they don't really do that. The longest completion was 16 yards. They threw the long bomb to Mitchell that he couldn't hang on on to and yeah I gave because uh, Tony called in and asked Cornelius went 13 for 23 I mean if I told you that a quarterback threw for 91 yards you'd probably say he went like 7 for 25 Cornelius was 13 for 23 not a great percentage but still over 50 uh, let me just look up Kalaros Kalaros was 23 for 31 for 288 so yeah that sounds right seven yards per completion for Cornelius 12 and a half for Kalaros so again the uh, the average Zach Kalaros completion got you a first down the average Taylor Cornelius completion meant you still had to execute another play for three yards Mm-hmm. Also a problem. There we go. Doug texts in tonight and says, Reed, the problem Edmonton has is none of the QBs on the roster are a starter, so it doesn't matter who they put in. The team will continue to struggle until they get a QB who can be a starter in this league. Thanks from Doug. Well, and, and Doug, that very well may be all it boils down to. Yeah, I mean, maybe the the Elks have the, you know, 15th, 18th, and 24th best quarterbacks. I'm just throwing out random numbers. But if no one's in the top nine, you, you got a problem. And, uh, I mean, some of the, the years when the team was good, they, they probably had two of the top seven or eight quarterbacks in the league. I mean, the, let's not forget Jason Moss was, was backing up Ricky Ray for a time. I know that was a long time ago. Ancient history for some of you. Uh, yeah, maybe it's just that simple. Maybe it is just that simple. They are better on defense. They are better um, at receiver. Uh, the special teams seem like they're at least okay. Again, I would have liked to see this kicker with the big leg try a couple long field goals, but maybe it's just that simple. It's a quarterback sport. It's a quarterback league, and they don't have the quarterbacks, so it's going to be ugly till they get somebody. Maybe, maybe, maybe it is that simple from Doug. You know, until they get somebody that can deliver the ball and run around a little bit and be dynamic, th- this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, more alliteration on the text line here too, Reed, tonight as we hear from Fred in a shed. Uh, he says Taylor's... I think that's rhyming, not alliteration. Uh, oh, Alliteration okay. would be Fred in a ferry or something like that. Ah, okay. Yes, there we go. <laughs> it's Monday, folks. I'm trying to it's okay. get everything going. It's okay. <laughs> uh, Taylor's hose for an arm looks like it has a kink in it on some of those throws. Having said that, receivers like Dylan Mitchell need to hang on to the ball. That's from Fred in a shed. Well, if they would have hit that long shot to Mitchell, they probably get points because where was he on about on the five? As we saw from week one, though, inside the five isn't guarantee. But, yeah, odds are you get points. Uh, I, I mean, again, Dylan Mitchell has negative receiving yards this season. He has uh, he has a negative five-yarder. Uh, what does he have? I think he has a negative five-yarder, a four-yarder, and a... 
Well, I don't know. He has three catches for negative one, however he got there. This is a guy who's supposed to be a deep threat. I mean, get him the like, That's what do you what do you say to that? Two games into the field, two games into the season, the guy who is supposed to be uh, a deep threat has three catches for negative one yards. Now, whose fault is that? That that might be as much on the offensive coordinator as it is on Cornelius, quite frankly. And if you got a guy who can push it down the field, try to get him the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawes texts in and says, we can't change the QB now because later we won't be able to go back to him, is a cop-out. Cornelius was an average at best QB in college, just saying. That's yeah, no, no, fair enough. Yeah, I just threw that out there as a theory that maybe it is hard to go back to him, but yeah, I don't know. Mm. Uh, Moses texting in and says, I'm absolutely furious at Chris Jones. He's known for finding talent, but can't find a QB who can put together a TD drive. Now, he won't pull Cornelius because he has to justify the contract he gave him. That is from Moses. Well, and I guess another comment along the lines of uh, the stubbornness that somebody else brought up. Um, it, look, it's it's Chris Jones's job to win games. He wants to win games. He's not taking any joy out of this. I mean, this is a, a painful experience for him as well. Um, he still believes Cornelius is the best option, and, and it appears that he's going to give Cornelius absolutely every option, every opportunity to completely lose the job. That looks like what's happening. Mm-hmm. Ricky texts in and says, Trevor Harris once played for the double E, but for some reason that experiment failed. Now he is doing well in Saskatchewan. That is from Ricky. Well, that's a, I think that's a fair comment. I mean, who have the Elks gotten rid of over the last two or three years? Uh, Harris, who apparently was not uh, perhaps overly popular with well, some of his teammates. Greg uh, Ellingson as well in Winnipeg, right? Well, I'm just talking quarterbacks. Oh, quarterbacks, okay. Yeah, I mean, we're Nick, talking in general. Yeah, Nick Arbuckle <laughs> was here, who is not a great player, but, you know, is he better than Cornelius? Uh, yeah, it might be. I don't know. Uh, one more from Father Tom here. Uh, he says, not much the Elks can do, but be patient with uh, Cornelius. He can, or he's proven he can play better than this. The defense is much improved over last season. The offense really only needs to be average for the team to start winning games. That's from Father Tom. Well, uh, fair comment, but my, my, re- my rebuttal to that, Father Tom, would be at what point this season has the offense even looked average? You know, like, if they're average against the Riders, yeah, they win, but they weren't. That That's that's the problem. I, I mean, if the offense can show me a stretch of a quarter or two where it plays average, then, then I'll believe it's capable of playing average. My, my I'm afraid it's not capable of playing average, that it's uh, below average. I mean, then that's pretty scary if the offense is playing to its capabilities. 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on Chet. This is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is a really tough go here for the Elks out of the gate. Lost 17-13 to Saskatchewan in week one, 22-0 to BC on Saturday. Next game, home to Toronto on Sunday. It's on 630 Chad. Countdown to kickoff at 330, and the game will start at 5. 
780-496-0063. You can email inside sports at 630ched.com. Kenny in Killam writes in, hi, Reed. Here are my grades for the offense. Quarterback, F. Offensive line, F. Running back, D. Offensive coordinator, F. Receivers, hard to give them a grade because they never get a chance to catch the ball because of the other people I just listed. That is Kenny and Killam. Got uh, F for the quarterback, F for the offensive line, a D for the running back, and an F for the offensive coordinator. Uh, Fat Feet writes in, he says, Chris Jones only rushed three defensive linemen most of the game. How are they supposed to get a sack and turn the tide when Adams can sit there and pick apart the secondary? This is a bland coaching staff with no creativity. Jones might be decent at finding talent, but then he has no idea how to deploy it. That is from Fat Feet. Uh, well, I, I don't know if – I mean, it's not as if the Vernon Adams shredded the Elks' defense. I mean, the, 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 like I said, they got one touchdown. They got a field goal basically off a long return. They did have pressure on them with three defensive linemen a, a fair bit. Uh, again, I, I, I'm not going to spend too much time criticizing the defense when you, when you don't score. And I still think if you look at the defensive play through the first two games, it has been good enough to win. The Borg writes in, can't win at home, can't win on the road. Have the Elks considered playing a game in outer space? That is from the Borg. <laughs> Kellen, I tried to resist reading that message, but it was futile. Yeah, I guess so. Resistance is futile for sure. Uh, Maria checks in tonight, Reed, and says, uh, what happened to Trey Ford? Young Canadian, only uh, won his only start last season, led a couple of good drives in the preseason. That's from Maria. Well, he's number three on the depth chart. Uh, and... Who knows? Maybe he will wind up being number one, but he's he's the third guy on the depth chart. To be fair, we didn't see a lot of him last season. Certainly uh, good legs. I don't know if his arms are as good as his legs. Uh, and we should remember the game that he was the winning quarterback for, the Elks did win it on a defensive uh, fumble return for a touchdown late in the fourth quarter against Hamilton. And, and I'm not writing off Ford's potential or why people would want to see him. But, uh, you know, again, like I was saying, let's just – I realize why people are falling in love with the backup quarterback because I'm doing it a bit too. Um, but, you know, if, if he were that spectacular, he, he, he would have been playing more did get hurt last year too mm -hmm. johnny texts again and says hey reed i heard you say that Stephen mcadoo frustrates you because it seems like he's trying to gain exactly five yards on every play well you are wrong looks like he's trying to gain maybe three yards per play this season uh, we have a, co a coordinator who refuses to use the entire field while corny needs to be more or accurate we have a coordinator who would need five or six downs to get 10 yards that's from johnny well I have said that about McAdoo. I said it earlier this show. But, again, to be fair, I, I have to acknowledge he, he was the Grey Cup winning offensive coordinator in 2015 with Michael Riley as his quarterback. So, I mean, maybe it's just that simple. You need better quarterback play. Um Maybe it's just that simple. Cornelius has to play better, and I would think that if he doesn't, eventually Chris Jones will have to make a change. But it sounds like Chris Jones is not there yet. Shandy writes in, 
Inside Sports at 630Ched.com. Hi, Reed. The season isn't over at 0-2, but it's hard to be patient given how the last two years have gone. The only time I feel like the Elks might make a big play is when the defense is on the field. And uh, probably the, well, the biggest play of the game on Saturday was a long interception return by Ed Ganey. Unfortunately, he fumbled on the play and was hurt and is now on the six-game injured list. Blake Dermott will give some more his thoughts. Uh, he was pretty disappointed after the game on Saturday. We have the Elks this week with Morley Scott coming up between 7.30 and 8. It's Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet.